Hello, friends and neighbors. This is Forrest Cochran, and you are listening to Straightening the Record. This is the first episode of 2022, and I am so excited for you to hear this uh, conversation I had with Andrew Jones, uh, who makes music under the name Zaptura. Uh, he's been doing it under that name for, um, I think, since about 2017 or so, so somewhere in the neighborhood of five years. This is the second full-length album that we're talking about. It's called Adaptasia, and um, it's really great. It's really great. Um, you know, we're only a couple of months into the year here so far, but I have a definite feeling that this, this is going to make... Uh, maybe my top 10 of the year. Um, I'm a huge fan of the record in general. I like the production. I like the lyrics. I like the songs. Um, we talk a bit about a couple of songs called Protector and Thank You in this conversation. And my other favorite, which I'm, which I forgot to ask about, uh, but which I actually get stuck in my head all the time and uh, absolutely love is a song called Every Blessing, which will be the uh, track that follows this intro. Uh, wonderful, wonderful song. I like it a lot. And before we get into things, um, just wanted to mention, uh, you know, as usual, I'm cutting out a lot of myself talking, um, a little bit of you know, awkward silences and all that kind of stuff just to make the conversation flow better and taking out some of those, uh, some of those things that make a podcast, uh, better than just listening to a conversation, an edited podcast. So if you want to hear a little bit less of that, if you like to hear those tangents, if you like to hear, um, a little bit more of the weird stuff that can just happen during a conversation between two artists, um, I want to strongly recommend that you head over to my Patreon. That is patreon.com slash Forrest Cochran. Um, and Every time I record an episode of Straightening the Record, I upload the first edit, which is basically just to take out all the really weird shit, um, all the stuff that really bugs me the first time I listen. And then, you know, I figure out at that time which two songs are going in there, and I just kind of slap a first edit together, throw it on Patreon. Uh, and so my patrons get to hear these episodes in a slightly different form, uh, usually a solid week or more uh, earlier. And so if that sounds like something you're interested in, you should go over there. I also post demos and rough mixes and sometimes we'll have um, sort of exclusive stuff for people who subscribe on Patreon. And the lowest tier on that is only $2 a month, like you wouldn't even notice that's gone from your bank account. At least, uh, I wouldn't. Maybe you would. I don't want to assume how wealthy you are. But I but I just want to suggest that. And uh, if if you do want to just give me a couple bucks a month, every little bit helps. I'm, I'm always happy to get some engagement. Or if you think somebody else would enjoy um, that type of content, please do recommend it. And recommend 
this podcast, uh, however you listen to it, you know, um, happy for any support, any feedback, love to hear from people about it. Um, and I think that's everything I wanted to say before we get into it. I'm not going to keep you any longer. Please enjoy my conversation with Zaptura as well as every blessing before it. And thank you after it. And uh, thank you. We can take a trip for the day Cause I've gotta get out myself We haven't spoken a while Cause I've been talking to myself And every day through the night I gotta stop but I don't know how The answer's on a Gotta find a way to expand my conscience without drugs. I gotta tell my brain that it matters if I care about my health. I gotta be a good friend to Andrew who he needs a hand
Yeah. How? Uh, what was the? What was the time period where you started working on on this album? Um, it depends. Uh, I guess it depends if you're talking about like recording it or writing it. Oh, yeah. sure, sure. Because writing it, I probably there's like bits and pieces of it that I started probably in twenty. 2018 probably mm-hmm. and then I started recording it <clears throat> I think our first recording session was August of 2019 okay yeah cool uh well one of the reasons that I didn't think to make that distinction was that um you know I've seen the space that you and Huxley and Trey share or at least maybe you used to Mm-hmm. um at at the the is it at the Fitch building is mm-hmm. that right um and uh it seemed like maybe this is just the case for Huxley uh but it seemed like there's a an element of recording and production that almost kind of goes along with the writing um but maybe that's more of a Pleasance thing than a Zaptura thing as well yeah I would I would say that I do that to an extent. I I would say that the, I mean, the way that most of the songs went down is I would come up with the main, um, kind of the main skeleton of samples, whether it be, yeah, like I get like a kind of the, foundational whatever the basis of the song is i will Mm -hmm. do that and then i'll write uh some sort of like singing melody part over it and um so that that's usually pretty bare bones Mm -hmm. and then i think i had those and then i took that to the studio and then we tracked a ton of stuff with that Sure. Too. So I guess I kind of view I did so I I definitely view the writing and the recording as two different things. Um each song kind of has a there's a little bit, it kind of varies. Like some of them I recorded a decent amount of um things kind of for the main basis of the song, and then for some of them it was only like a, a tiny little bit and then the rest of it was filled out in the studio uh-huh yeah certainly like different different ideas will be more developed you mm-hmm. know going in that makes sense um i know you said that i don't know if it was like on an instagram post or what it was that i saw but um i think i saw you say that like a lot of stuff was kind of based on vocal loops with this one yeah yeah um one thing that I thought was interesting was I had this Roland keyboard that had this like jazz scat vocal sample thing. So each key would be like, bah, da. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that kind of thing. Like yeah. that. And I, I just, right when I got that keyboard, it was like a used keyboard. I got it at a pawn shop. I just like couldn't stop 
playing that. And it was kind of like at first it was because I thought it was funny. You know, I would like play all these different um, songs that I had like piano songs I'd written on that setting. And I thought it was funny. And so it was kind of like, yeah, yeah. A thing that I thought was like comedic for a little bit, but then I kind of, after a little bit, I was like, I think this is funny, but also is really cool at the same time, you know? Uh huh. And that's kind of, uh, I guess how that started. I also kind of liked the kind of, uncanny valleyness of it like some sometimes i'd be using it and it would sound really like a real human voice but it wasn't so it was like yeah kind of tell that it wasn't someone actually vocalizing it was like a you know a robot doing it or right. a sample that was recorded of a person but i i liked that it was kind of gray whether or not it was like me that was making those sounds or you know, yeah, just like some weird random sample, like it actually was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So w- was that was that something that sort of got um, <clears throat> was that something that kind of got buried uh, in the various layers of things on the record? Because I I feel like I can't really think of where I've heard that much uh, listening to it, but. Um, but is it is it one of those things that kind of wound up being like a like an under layer kind of thing? Yeah, I don't know. I think definitely on certain songs. So on the, f- it's definitely more present on the front half of the album. Um, I don't know. I think it's pretty present. But here, the other thing is that it's hard for me to since I recorded the songs my ears are like really tuned to like, you know, cause I was like, okay, you know, we're mixing it. I was like, I want, like, I, I know everything that is in, in there. there. So, yeah. and I think certain parts that I like, or, you know, certain things that the things that I think that I like about the song, I think my ears are really um, drawn to even if they're lower in the mix. So it's kind of hard for me to, tell if they yeah that's really that's really an interesting point because i (laughs) since i've been working on a few projects the past year myself i feel like you can really get in you know your own perception of Mm -hmm. of what the songs even sound like and then you you play it for somebody else and and they don't notice any of that shit yeah or or like the thing that they notice is something that you think of as totally in, in, unimportant, you know, or, um, or something you didn't notice at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious if you had any of that. I know that you worked pretty closely with Phil and he like co-produced with you and stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious if, if, uh, there was ever something where, where he's like, Oh no, this is the thing in this song. Like, uh, since you had that like other perspective, yeah. I, uh, so I, one, I I specifically remember in one of the songs, he, you know, I had this loop that I made that maybe was you know rhythmically kind of weird, and I didn't even think it was because I I made it and it seemed pretty, you know, kind of like a normal like four four loop to me um but 
he had, like, I guess when he heard it, he, his ears locked into it and, like, totally thought that, like, a different, like, he thought that it started at a completely different place than I did. So he lined up, like, the click track to, like, you know, this, and to him, his ears were immediately like, oh, yeah, it starts, you know, on this note, and then, and to me, I, like, could not even wrap my mind around how he... How he heard it that way? Yeah, and vice versa. He was, like, confused how I heard it the way that I did. So there was, like, definitely... I would say for the most part, we were pretty, like, on the same page and, like, locked in on stuff. But there were kind of cool moments like that of, like, oh, I I don't... Well, and, and it's interesting when you start with loops a lot because loops have this funny way of recontextualizing themselves after you've heard them enough times, you know? Yeah. Um, especially if you just sit there and listen to a loop on loop by itself, mm-hmm. it can sort of like, you know, especially if it's like something with words um, or if it's something with like a very short melody or something, sometimes the way that it wraps back around can make it sound totally different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which is, which is what I think, uh, makes your way of doing things pretty interesting. Cause, um, I feel like doing it that way could, could really create an interesting framework to build a song around. Mm-hmm. So is that kind of like, um, when it came to like writing lyrics and stuff, was it mostly just like listening to the loop or listening to a demo of something? Like, was there... Um, you know, was there ever a traditional uh, uh, angle at it w- with a guitar or a piano or something like that? Or was it mostly just like listening to the loop and writing the melody and the lyrics and stuff over it? Yeah, I I would say most of the time it was like listening to the loop um, and sometimes playing chords, you know... Uh, because a lot of it is, you know, you were just talking about, like, recontextualizing it. And, um, you know, there'd be some times where I'd have this loop playing that I th- thought was really cool that I made. And I would play different chords underneath it to kind of give it some more kind of emotional weight mm-hmm. or alter how it felt emotional. You know, it's like the difference between playing something and playing a C chord under it and, and playing an A minor chord underneath right. it, you know? So I kind of did some of that to feel out how I wanted it to, you know, end up feeling in the song. and um, Or, you know, and then I would write lyrics with it. And sometimes those the chords that I was playing underneath it wouldn't even make it into the final song. It was just kind of to spur something yeah. in my head. Um, other times it would just play over and over and over and over and over again. And I just, and then I would just kind of be waiting for, I would like be trying out different singing things and, you know, be like, nope, that doesn't work. I don't like that. You know, and I'd sit for an hour and a half in my room just with the (laughs) same, like, yeah, with the same thing going over and over again until the way that I like to write stuff is I, I don't like to, as far as when I'm writing, I don't like to try to be like, oh, I'm going to 
try to get something that I feel good enough about, you know, I, I really try to wait until I'm like, yep, like, that's it. That's what I, you know, like mm-hmm. I kind of have like an aha moment. You have to feel strongly that that is the idea. Yeah. Yeah. So I would pretty much just either that would come really quickly or I would just wait it out and like just keep hammering away until that would come, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, so the, the tunes that, that really stuck out to me and I'm going to make sure I get the titles right here. Cause um, cause I, I'm, I'm always bad with titles, but I liked a few songs from the album on, on the old streaming service here. And I, I especially like get really psyched whenever, um, protector and thank you come on. Both of those songs are like really, really bangers to me. Cool. Thank um, you. And I'm curious if, um, if there if there's anything from either of those songs that you're excited to talk about like yeah i think but i mean those are probably two of my favorites on it i i feel really yeah um yeah i probably have stuff i can say about both of those um so i guess i'll start with on thank you it, I think, originally kind of started one. I kind of went through this phase where I would get home at night and be like pretty drunk from uh, being at the lift or something. This was probably in 2019 or mm-hmm. 2018. And I would go down to my room and I was into like sampling records but like slowing them all the way down. And then my turntable had like a function where I could play stuff in reverse. Oh, cool. So I, I think that there was some night where I got home and I picked some like old, like orchestral, like Christmas album or something off of my, um, I don't, I probably got it in like a bargain bin thing and I put it on and it, yeah, it was pretty drunk and, I recorded this like snippet of it and I think I fell asleep and then the next day I listened to it and I didn't totally remember even doing it, but I was like, that is, that is cool. And it's also the track that comes right before thank you kind of like the interlude one. Uh Um, I guess I'm talking about that. And then that got chopped up and turned into the beat for, Thank you. Oh, cool. Um, like yeah, because string because it, it's kind of like just like a wah, wah, string thing. Yeah. Oh, and I guess this is probably another case of me thinking about, you know, yeah, because I guess there's lots of guitar track on that song too. <laughs> um, so that and I went to, I hung out with uh, my friend Zach, and he kind of helped add like the 808. Kind of like trap, yeah, the trappy hi hats and stuff. I mean that that's also stuck out to me too because I love how, um, in classical terms, like how legato the sort of pads and everything are around it, mm-hmm. and how pretty all that stuff is. And then you have this sort of aggressive beat, and 
your vocals are a little bit more aggressive for your by your standards, I think, yeah, as well on there, you know, a little bit more rapid fire with the words and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that stuff all kind of plays together in a really cool way. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, I I remember I so I basically came into it with yeah that string thing and the uh, trap beat that I made with my friend Zach and I I remember like with the guitars for whatever reason that day in the studio I wanted to, I was thinking like I wanted to make it sound like a like my bloody Valentine trap song for some reason that yeah. was that was like the idea I had in my head <laughs> and I don't know how much that came through but it was just kind of my yeah yeah I I, I could see that for sure and mm-hmm. I and I like the way you know I mean I think there's a lot to be said for like doing somebody else's thing wrong is kind of how you make your own sound. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. Um, like I listen to song exploder a lot and Franz Ferdinand guy was talking about that too. Like, uh, like they were trying to do like some weird combination of like dance music and the Beatles and, mm-hmm. you know, and then take me out happened, you know? Um, and, and so, and of course that sounds nothing like the Beatles and you certainly wouldn't hear it like played at, at a dance club. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of like this weird separate other sort of thing that yeah happens. And I think that's, I, I think most good music is probably made that way. Just mm-hmm. like doing somebody else's thing wrong. Um, it's like, cause, cause otherwise you're, you're just copying somebody and that's boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that my bloody Valentine trap song. Like, and yeah, I think that totally works. And, and especially since, like I said, I, uh, there's, there's something kind of unique about the way you're delivering the, the vocal on that one that, um, did I see that your friend Zach also sang on it a bit? Yeah. Um, there's, <clears throat> pretty buried kind of like vocal pads that are, I mean, there's, um, yeah, I, me and him both kind of did some like, ah, stuff that kind of forms chords that are kind of in the background. So he, he did a few different notes on that. So that's probably part of what those pads are that, that I was referring to Mm -hmm. as well. Um, uh, cause yeah, it feels like it's a lot of stuff. It feels like there's, it's like synths or strings or vocals or, you know, maybe a, a bunch of different things that are kind of like all just blended together in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it ends with that, uh, or maybe, maybe I'm confusing it with protector, but it ends with that crazy string thing where it's like really scraping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was um So, do you know I I haven't even met him in person, but uh the guy that played strings on the album, his name's Patrick Riley. Um, I know of him. I've seen him play once because he he did the strings for the Field Division album, and and they okay. had him. I think he came and played their album release. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I've seen him in person once. I don't know whether I actually introduced myself now, but, uh, but yeah, he's, he's worked on a lot of people's stuff, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So he played strings on one of the songs and then we took a little bit from that and put it at the end. Um, and really like we took this one specific part he did. Um, cause I think whatever song he played on, he, he recorded it remotely and then we took from it what, you know, what we liked and kind of sculpted something out of it. And then mm-hmm. there was, I don't know, there was some part of it that he did where he was, you know, uh, kind of experimenting with some really, uh, kind of piercing mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so yeah, and I think the thought of putting that at the end of thank you was to kind of, cause it's the second to last song and I, you know, it was kind of like, you know, once the last song starts afterwards and it's kind of like this, like kind of joyous opening that would be kind of a relief, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, making yeah. like a big moment of tension before yeah. the, the really pretty song. Cause yeah, that last song is also like a really sort of happy, grateful kind of thing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of, uh, yeah, you're being tortured for, you know, 15 seconds or something and then it stops and then you just start feel, uh, kind of, it's kind of like, you know, when you take an ice cold shower and mm-hmm. then just, I, I've, I don't do this, but like I've heard, <laughs> I've heard that, you know, people that take like cold showers, it's, it's supposed to really help with your mood and, um, kind of your attitude and outlook on life because you you sub, you willingly subject yourself to this like really uncomfortable thing and then when it's finally done you just feel so good that you aren't <laughs> you, <laughs> that you aren't still in experiencing that yeah. yeah you know and so I guess this you know I was gonna make some comparison between that and the screechy strings at the end yeah. or something but yeah. i i know i think there's something to that well and and of course a lot of people you know also like to simplify music to like well it's just tension and release and it's like well yeah but you know there's a lot of ways to do that that's like mm-hmm. you know sometimes the release is when the song is over and sometimes the release is like the next chord or whatever but yeah <laughs> there's kind of like lots of different you know, m- micro releases within a greater macro release. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense at all. You know, there's <laughs> there's different tensions that create a greater tension. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 I mean, it's true. It's true, but it's also just like when somebody, I don't I think anytime somebody reduces music overall into some generalization i get annoyed with it yeah it's and what i find pretty often um is that you know people will i'll I'll talk to people sometimes and they'll say like well you know the thing all you really need in a song is you know good lyrics and a good chord progression or something and everything else is that that's just some example but like People will, I guess, make 
sweeping generalizations about music when they're really just talking about, you know, like rock or something. Or yeah. Like, you know, um, or just whatever music they like. Yeah, exactly. And they yeah. think that kind of applies to everything. And it's like I, music, the definition of music is just like sounds organized by a human being, you know? So it's like, it's like a human being taking any sound and kind of just. Yeah. Doing, doing something with it. Yeah. Literally doing anything with it, you know? And it's <laughs> like, so I guess that that's one of my pet peeves is when people are like, yeah, try to, they see it through their lens and they're just like, you know, this is, this is what music is when yeah. It's, it's a thousand other things. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, well, and I mean, how many songs are super, super famous that have garbage lyrics, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, it's, that's not to say that I don't like some of those songs too. Like garbage lyrics aren't always the worst thing you can have. No, I oftentimes <laughs> don't mind gar- garbage lyrics. Yeah. Or, or when you can't even tell what the lyrics are. I mean, we were just talking about my bloody Valentine. It's like, I don't yeah. know any of their lyrics. Yeah. I, um, I, I kind of like, you know, and I think sometimes maybe in my songs, this is, could be the case, but I kind of like when you can almost tell what the lyrics are, but like not quite. I've, I've always yeah. liked, I've always liked the idea of like, I guess, for instance, like me recording something and then somebody else hears it and they come up with their own idea of what the lyrics are and right. that they derive some meaning from that. It could be completely different from what they, the lyrics actually are or mean. And this record, um, it has a feeling to me where it's all this sort of like one thing, you know, like, yeah, I liked two or three songs to put in my liked songs for whenever I shuffle it or whatever. And that'll always be cool. But like when I listen to it as a unit of this one, like, you know, whatever, 28 minute thing. Um, it's not, I don't feel like it's the type of record where there's like a lyric that stands out to me in it because it all just sort of flows together in this way, Mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like that probably is what you were going for more or less, you know, to have it be a one thing. For sure. Yeah. Um, at least it feels like that's the intention when you listen to it. Yeah. I mean, and I, I definitely didn't go into it, you know, kind of from a traditional singer songwriter standpoint at all of, you know, it was like, I'm, I'm going to make these kind of cool loops and beats and I think they sound better with an, another melody going over that mm-hmm. I might as well make that melody my voice yeah and if I'm doing something with my voice I might as well have lyrics right and if I have lyrics I might as well have lyrics that I like mm-hmm. you know so it's kind of like uh it wasn't like you know I'm writing blowing in the wind and I'm trying to <laughs> you know like <laughs> right. it's uh it's like you know I'm I was like yeah I'm gonna have these be like 
you know, songs that have singing. And if I do, I might as well try to make the lyrics good. But it wasn't like, right. Um, I guess that wasn't like the, it, that wasn't my main, you know, yeah, thing going into it was. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like a like a storytelling album or no. something like that. Like it feels almost more like, at least with the lyrics that I'm that I can think of, it feels like a lot of stuff that's sort of um, images or or like sort of snapshots that that one that when compiled together feel nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's not supposed to tell like i don't think there's ever like a linear story no. um and i think that that style of lyricism kind of suits the style of music too that it is sort of abstract musically um i mean obviously it's structured it's not like total no wave shit or something it's not improv mm-hmm. exactly but but it's like um, but it's, but it's not like, uh, like you said, it's not blown in the wind. It's not CA minor FG or something. It's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then like, yeah. So ha- having that type of like somewhat abstract sort of like snapshots of, or like a, a scene, you know, maybe, which then moves on to a different thing, like, I feel like if it works for that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think that was, that was definitely, I've, you know, I've tried to in the past, write. I like, and I like writing songs where I'm more so trying to tell a story or something. Um, but I, I wanted, I think I wanted it to be kind of like, um, have, yeah, this album be more about like movement and kind of beats and mm-hmm. hits. You know, it was like very like I I was listening to a lot of um, I was listening to a lot of mostly hip hop and like like drill music, like Chief Keef and uh-huh. stuff. And like I really wanted to um, have yeah st- stuff that was kind of hitting um and especially you know i think one of my friends the first time i played some of these songs live he said that it was like uh yeezus for wimps or something (laughs) like that which is kind of what i you know going into it it's kind of an idea i had it was like having you know drum machines and 808s and stuff. And, you know, in my head, I think I was envisioning something that was kind of a lot harder hitting than what the final product actually was. But, sure. you know, and just that combined with knowing that I don't really, I don't really have it in me to do anything other than kind of, I, I can't, I don't, I don't think I, I, I can't really scream or be, super aggressive i mm. i just don't even think i'd want to on a song or like i don't i don't know maybe maybe i could but i i don't know i knew that i'd probably kind of just hasn't really been an urge that you've that you've mustered up no no yeah. 
<laughs> Not really. Uh, it's maybe there's like a, a monster lurking <laughs> that, that I don't know about, but it's, so I knew that I would kind of like, you know, sing generally kind of higher and softer and stuff. So I just thought the combination of that with like, like right. would be a, I don't know. A cool a, juxtaposition. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's um, maybe to pivot a little bit. That's one of the reasons that I think uh, you and Huxley work well together in the context of Pleasance, whether Javi's there or not. It's like you have that sort of mellow delivery. Uh, it mm-hmm. seems like you always have. And um, even I feel like even when Huxley's singing lower, there's this scratchiness to it and this sort of like inherent angst. Mm-hmm. And um, and so when it's the two of you kind of feeding off of each other, there is that, you know, punk rockness that they bring and and this sort of, uh, I don't know, because you, you have a little bit of a classical background too, right? Like Slightly. I took, yeah, I, I guess I took piano lessons for like seven or eight years and I was in choir in high school. And, and obviously stuff. that's not like what you've pursued, but but I feel like when you start out from that angle, there's a little bit of it that's kind of always going to be present where mm-hmm. like you like harmony and you like um, uh, melody yeah. uh, more so than, maybe not more so, but but at least as much as uh, uh, beats or, or um, you know, aggression or whatever things Mm -hmm. are opposite of, you know, you like harmony more than discordance maybe would be an an accurate uh, characterization. I would say that I, you know, I like discordance. Mm -hmm. Um, I would just, I, I think that it's almost kind of like programmed into me to want to find like, what is the chord that sounds the prettiest, you know, like what, and, mm-hmm. and it's almost, even though, even if I like listening to music that is like, oh, there's really like dissonant, like kind of fucked up things that are, yeah. you know, like it's almost, yeah, it's almost just in my DNA to want to like, what is, yeah. What is the prettiest sounding, you know, thing that I can put in here? Um, and I, I think that's, Interesting what you brought up about Huxley, because the uh, in the song "Protector," the um, the outro of that, I don't even I don't even know what. You, yeah, the the ending singing part they also sing on okay um, too, and I think it worked out pretty well because it adds a little bit of you know a slight amount of like grit. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They just doubled what I was singing. Oh, okay. Um, so it and. You know, I I really liked how it turned out. They were just happened. They were like in the studio that day, and we're like, I have an idea. Can I throw something down? And you know, I didn't have any idea what it was gonna be, and I I thought that they were gonna add like a harmony or something, or um, but then they just they doubled it, and the way that Phil mixed it, it kind of like makes our voices kind of sound kind of like one, you know, yeah, and. I don't know. I think it. I think it added a, a good push to the like vocal line. Yeah, I mean that can be huge. You know, like having having p- 
people double themselves is cool, but having somebody else double is usually like usually adds a whole different dimension mm-hmm. as long as it blends enough, you know. Um, which can be tough, but I think since the two of you have been making music together for some time uh, now, it, it probably wasn't tough. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, would be, I would be very surprised if the two of you hadn't sung together a lot at this point. Yeah, no, we, we have for sure. Um, lots of, like... Yeah, there there was like a decent period where, you know, we would go to the lift or something for a while, and then we'd go to the Fitch building and just kind of hang, you know, hang out there all night and make music, you know, be there until 9 a.m., just Mm -hmm. like writing stuff together and singing and just like you know drinking <laughs> like i mm-hmm. I'd like you know there's a couple times i just like passed out under the table that was that was <laughs> at the fitch building and then like would make my way home in the morning and stuff so yeah just kind of kind of wake up and like oh whoops there's a really crazy sound that i made yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting because, yeah, I mean, I can't say I ever feel productive when I'm drunk. So so it's like uh, to to be able to do that sort of thing. And, of course, you, you probably don't do something with all of those, but, like, there's probably some gems in there. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I think that, um, I don't know, when I probably, I guess, you know, if I am drunk or I probably have less of a filter. Um, Sure. So, you know, that can kind of, you know, that can be bad socially probably, but in in music that could, uh, that probably, you know, helps a little bit, you know, maybe even, you know, some of the things that I normally have, you know, that are kind of tendencies I have to, you know, maybe try to make something that sounds really pretty and stick to that you know maybe i could be okay with kind of getting sloppier and stuff but Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah i uh do do you feel like you uh are inclined to be kind of perfectionistic with with your with your uh music making then yeah i would i would say so um 90, 90 to 95% of the stuff that I write, I discard probably immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I think, I think it's gotten a lot better, especially with just doing, with doing something more and more, you kind of, yeah, I've, I've gotten better at knowing my myself and what I'm capable of doing and um, kind of where I should realistically have my kind of threshold and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, expectation for what I can do and stuff. Um, I think, 
it definitely used to more be like, you know, like I need to make the perfect album or I'm gonna, you know, I don't, I don't know. It, it was just like, or throw the whole thing out. Or yeah. Yeah. And now, now I think I'm, I'm a lot better with like, okay, I'm going to work as hard as I can on this to the point where I, I will, you know, I'll be done with it when I like it. And then I, I'll just put it out and yeah, whatever, you know, if other people like it, that's cool. Cause I, I think I heard some other, um, thing like, uh, the thing you did with Jordan Malin where you were talking about how you almost threw out your last album. Yeah. Um, but then, but then, uh, Nate Corey who mixed it was like, no, no, like we'll, we'll, we'll do something with this. Like it's okay. Yeah. Which is kind of silly to, cause I, I spent a really long time writing those songs and recording them. So it's kind of funny now to think of just spending all that time and then just being like, Oh, fuck it. I'm, <laughs> I'm done with it. You know, but it's, I, I think it's just one of, you know, it's something with like, you know, kind of trying to alleviate a stressor from your life, mm-hmm. you know, something that like that can just become something that, that is a, a, a big stress, a big point of stress in your life, you know, to where you probably, I, I was probably just kind of like, oh, I just want to get this out of the way so I can right. breathe. Yeah. Know? But I did this, this album at least was very easy. Like it, I don't know. I, I think me and Phil were work well together and um, I didn't really feel like that at all. You know, that's good. Yeah, because I mean, I wondered if um, I wondered if that album was stressful for you because it was the first full length thing under the name Zaptera. Mm-hmm. Like, um, <clears throat> like yeah, Juxtapose was. I mean, you had done like an EP after Grand Champ broke up mm-hmm. with with Nate and somebody else. I forget Jack Howard. Yeah. And, uh, but, but then this was like the first thing that was like, okay, this is my thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like talking to Charlie about his first solo thing, it, there was also like a lot of anxiety with, with him of like, okay, I have to make this maybe not anxiety, but like, I have to make this the biggest, coolest fucking thing I can do. Mm-hmm. And you can really tell with like the 11 minute song or whatever, like that's on that, um, and and that's not that's not shade. That's literally what Charlie said, you know. But like, mm-hmm. I wonder if you had a similar thing where like when you, your first thing after your your high school band breaks up, you felt like you really had to prove something. Yeah, I I think so. Um, I I think I mostly needed to prove to myself that I could do it. You yeah. know? and um, I don't really. It was. I I would say I was not generally the most mentally healthy person for a second there, you know, and that was kind of in the midst of that. So there was some like warped perception of yeah, what other people expected of me and what, you know, me letting 
people down and myself down and like lots of different things. I I honestly don't even remember (laughs) super well. Like, yeah, it was just a weird, it was just a weird point in my life in general. Um, Sure, sure. I mean, I think a lot of people have that, like late teens, early 20s. It's like, it's a wild time you know, yeah. for your brain and your body and like, just like, uh, you know, going through different social situations and like, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's like, it's like really wild turning into an adult, you know? Yeah. And I think it was also like, I was like, okay, I, d- I don't want to go to college. Um, I was working at Starbucks and I was like, you know, it's like, okay, music is like the only thing I care about and is the thing that I want to do, you know? So I really put a lot of stake into like, I need to not even, not even necessarily like I need to, you know, be, you know, successful or like, but like, I don't know if this is the thing that I'm going to spend all my time doing, I just need to be really good at it. You know? And I kind of felt like, uh, if I wasn't, going to college or doing other things that like I needed to just be really, really good at, at music or else there was, you know, what worth did I really have as a person? Mm-hmm. You know, if I wasn't, um, I don't know if I, if I was like a, a dropout musician that made mediocre music, right. What, you know, at, at that point, yeah, I hear that. Yeah. I hear that completely. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of us deal with that, you know, because yeah, being a being a person who decides not to go to college or to drop out of college to to make music, it's like you do feel like there's a certain amount of pressure, mm-hmm. and then you remember that, like, oh yeah, like nobody cares. Yeah, and that <laughs> that is so it is so freeing. Yeah, um, you know to realize that you pay way more attention to your own life than anybody else. Literally anyone. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's, it's great. I agree. And I think that's actually probably one of the reasons that this record ends up sounding so joyful. Mm -hmm. Um, like this new album of yours, um, I don't think there's like a moment of it that really makes me feel like it's, uh, you know, melancholic or anything like that. It's, it's a really, really joyful sounding record. And it sounds like, to me, it sounds like the sound of like somebody, you know, figuring out that it doesn't matter what you do, you Mm -hmm. know, (laughs) you can just kind of like do your thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that's pretty true. And um, I think when I, you know, the way that like all of it came about, it was just, yeah, me experimenting with new techniques and sounds and things that I hadn't done before and kind of wading into new territory. Um, And I didn't really have much of a precedent Mm -hmm. to you know it wasn't like I've written songs like this before and this is you know so it was just kind of like I'm just trying new stuff um 
and then I don't know. I hadn't, I didn't even know Phil very well when we started working together. Um, and it, it, it was just all, yeah, it was just all like new, which I feel like for some reason, I don't know. I feel like new can be kind of scary, but it was just like, I didn't really have much of like, um, an expectation or anything. I just kind of yeah went into it like, well, and that's, I think that's maybe the most exciting thing is when you, you kind of don't know what it's going to be. So you aren't getting in your own way. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to creating, um, cause that's one of the, one of the biggest things that can stifle creativity, I think is when, when you need it to be just so, but like, for some reason or another, it can't be so, mm-hmm. you know, um, whether it's cause you don't have the same equipment that your favorite guitar player has, or if it's because like, you know, you're not recording to tape, so it's not going to sound like tape or whatever it is, you know, there's like, or because you don't have the same voice, you know, whatever the thing is, there's a lot of, there's a lot of examples of like why, whatever you're picturing in your head might be unrealistic. And like you were saying, like, um, there's a, there's a stage I think that probably every musician goes through of like figuring out what they're actually good at and what Mm -hmm. like their maybe limitations or maybe like just what you're, what you can actually do, Mm -hmm. you know, more so than like what you want to copy from somebody. Yeah. And I, I think there there's necessary, you know, you know, to go back to uh, uh, I mentioned Bob Dylan earlier, but, you know, he's, you know, he kind of like took on, you know, kind of completely pretended that he was Woody Guthrie for a while, you know, mm-hmm. and then through that, you know, kind of realized who he actually, you know, kind of. Yeah learned who he was and figured out how to do his own thing. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily bad to, you know, I, I think, you know, when I was making my first album, I was like super obsessed with, uh, Brian Wilson, like, Mm -hmm. and I, I think that, like what you were just talking about, I I had this idea. I wanted to like make pet sounds or something, but I was completely unable to because I was mixing it on GarageBand with my friend. And right. Like, you know, so. And you didn't have the wrecking crew. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It'd, it'd be like, man, these, like, you know, yeah. Um. So I don't know. Yeah, that I I think it's just yeah, it's it's inevitable that you're going to go through some weird stuff, you know, whether you know when you're 19 yeah. or and slash or you're uh yeah, kind of making your first album and stuff, you know. Definitely. Well, and I imagine uh, there was probably a lot of a lot of steps between, you know, being in a rock band and like doing like the, the strummy guitar thing 
mm-hmm. and then like getting to where you are now where like you're comfortable working with samplers and drum machines and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff like i'm sure there was some growing pains with that too for sure yeah i th- i think that i knew i knew that i i, I, I I kind of like was not really satisfied with like expressing myself like just in in the context of like a rock band anymore. Um, I and but I didn't know how to anything other than that, you know, so it was kind of like trying to. There definitely were some growing pains. Um, I it's weird because I listen to I listen to like a lot of rock music like, you know, and uh i still like love it i just kind of lost the ability for me to feel like i um i just lost the ability for me to be satisfied with what i was doing or um yeah have it feel like i was like communicating really anything of value mm-hmm. and in that way of creating anymore for some reason. Yeah. Like it, after a certain point, it just bar chords become unsatisfying or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And I, I, I kind of, I, I get that without going into it more than necessary and taking over. I, I get that mm-hmm. as well. Um, but I mean, I'm sure that, I'm sure that, like, I I don't know. I'm tempted to call this, like, the fully formed Zaptura with this record because it, it feels, like, so cohesive. Mm-hmm. But but I'm, I'm curious if there's, like, some new process or some new um, way of working on music that you've, that you've been experimenting with since I'm sure, like, the way that album production works, you've been done with these songs for a while yeah yeah i um i think what i'm kind of trying to do right now is not completely discard the way that i um made all of these songs but you know kind of combine that with with something new you know or uh i don't know i i don't want to like kind of hit copy paste and just right you know cuz i could do that and i don't think it'd be very interesting um so i don't know i i guess at least whatever process i have right now i don't i'm trying to think of a way to i i, I definitely the stuff that i'm working on right now I, I I'm kind of envisioning that it's gonna be be more kind of in more kind of almost feel feel like you're at church when you're listening to it kind of like oh yeah very soft and like free you know I, I pastoral yeah pastoral yeah that's that's <laughs> There was a, I was, I was like sitting there, we were both like looking for the word and I was like, are, is it pastoral? <laughs> I love, I love that word. I do too. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for thinking of it. Yeah, sure. 
Um, yeah, because I, because yeah, I, I, I kind of get what you mean. Because there's like certain Frank Ocean songs that kind of have that's, that feel, and and that's who I've been listening. Like that's, I, I'm kind of like, I've been really into and like Frank Ocean and uh, the the Bonnie Vare album, uh, Twenty Two A Million. Yeah, like yeah. that. Kind of like taking, kind of in that same space, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, stuff that feel it's it's feels kind of very. I don't know. I'm I'm really failing to find words, but uh, yeah, yeah. I well, and I get what you mean too, because um, I mean, I was a major latecomer to to Boni Vera as well. Uh, like I because I liked Blonde so much. I didn't listen to 22 a million for like two or three years after it came out uh-huh. and like until finally I, I had listened to blonde enough that there weren't any more surprises. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, and then I was like, Oh, maybe I should check this out. This record that came out three years ago, you know? Yeah. And then I got, I got really obsessed with it. And, uh, and then that last record he put out is really good too. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't even been able to. It's called like I comma I. Yeah, I haven't listened to it yet. I yeah, mean... it's very good. Um, it's it's like that, but less weird. It's like a little bit dialed back, but it's actually more kind of gospely as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe maybe you'll be happy to to investigate it further. I, I think I probably will. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's kind of yeah. That's kind of where I've been. So maybe a little bit more R&B influence, a little bit more uh, that kind of thing creeping in down the road. I think so, yeah. I, and I don't want to do things differently just for the sake of doing them differently, but uh, I don't know. At least I'm kind of feeling like less, um, I don't know. I, I just think of the album that I just made as being very, like, kind of beat, like, mm-hmm hitting oriented and I kind of want to create something that is flowing. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of like a stream of water. That's kind of what I'm that sounds really about cool right now. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, contrast a lot. Um, is there any, anything else that you kind of want to, um, that you kind of want to mention about what you've got going on or what you're excited about when it comes to this album or whatever the next thing is. I mean, I admittedly don't have quite as many specific questions as I usually do, but I was really excited just to talk about and hear about the process a little bit because, I mean, this is one of the first local records I've heard in a while that's been exciting to me, you know, so um, <clears throat> no shade to anyone else. It's just my personal tastes. I like mm-hmm. this kind of thing a lot. And uh, and it's it's really cool to hear, you know, this collaboration that you had with Phil kind of, um, I guess, I guess Jordan Malin's record, uh, which also was produced by Phil, also turned out really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like, um, not only your songwriting and your arranging have really stepped up and, um, uh, and Phil's production has really stepped up and, 
it seems like it just it was like a really good synergy there you yeah. know so i was just really i mean excited to to talk to you about it because even though yeah like i said i don't have quite so many like dissecting things about this it, it, it's just a joy to listen to yeah thank you so much yeah i uh-huh. i don't know i don't know what else i mean i don't know when this uh episode will be published i pretty soon i'm gonna try and turn it around pretty quick like okay. in a couple of weeks i have a release show on april 15th okay great for this uh oh sure because you had to reschedule i did and it got supposed to be in january and now it's going to be in april which was further away than i would have liked but uh you know and that's uh, at xbk still yeah it's at xbk uh trey rice's uh, ambient project skyscraper is opening great which is very very good i'm a huge fan yeah i don't think i've seen that before so i i'm i'm interested i'm excited i'll try and get the night off mm-hmm. um and oh and trey also who did the uh art for for the album mm-hmm. worth mentioning because uh it's really cool stuff i mean trey's Trey's way of making visual art is always very sort of like detailed and um, intricate. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes across just as well on the album cover as, you know, a lot of other things that you might have seen of Trey's out in the world. Um, was there any was there any kind of direction on that or were you kind of just like, will you do a thing for me? I think I'd we talked about... Um, yeah, I, I asked him if he would, and he was excited to, and he, he kind of asked me what he told me what his general vision was for it. And I kind of pretty much just like, yeah, I was excited by what he said and just, I kind of just let him go for it and I thought it turned out great, you know? Cool. Um, I did. Yeah. I, for a little bit, I was kind of trying pressuring myself to make album art for it and then i was kind of like i don't i have too much on my plate and i don't even really want to and i think it would end up better if somebody else did you know sure yeah well and uh, trey's a trey's a great choice he has a unique style Mm -hmm. and uh and i think it suits the tone of the album really well too Mm -hmm. um well great um, I feel like this is a good place to wrap up. If there's nothing else that that you wanted to say, uh, you know, check out the album, uh, Adaptasia. Is that how you say it? That's that feels right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's on all the things. There's vinyl out, mm-hmm. which looks really pretty. It's like a teal colored vinyl, um, and. Uh, and uh, go to the release show. Say that date one more time. April 15th at XBK. Right back to the place where I got my first name. Through points in the past, I lost myself.